Spring of Life Fellowship and its pastor, Joaquin G. Molina, invites you to listen to a message of restoration and strengthening for your life. Be a part of the vision, changing the world. That we might understand your heart, that we might think your thoughts, that we might be transformed according to your desire, according to your design. Lord, these things are not just words. They're the power of God unto salvation. They're not just words. They're the reality of the things that you've called into existence, Lord. And we give you thanks for the church. We give you thanks for salvation. We give you thanks for being born again. We give you thanks for a new and living way, a different spirit. We give you thanks for a brighter future, full of hope and faith, Lord, and purpose in your cause. We pray, Father God, that we continue to transfer from the kingdom of darkness to the kingdom of your Son, that we would be under his laws, under his government, under peace, righteousness, and joy in the Holy Spirit. We pray, Father God, that you would prosper this word wherever it is heard so that a nation will rise and that your glory would fill the earth like the waters cover the sea, Lord. Father God, when there is a famine in the last days, it will be a famine of your word. And yet you have given us abundance of revelation and provision in your word, Lord, in this place. Bless and prosper your word like a lamp that is a, shines a light unto our feet, like a double-edged sword that reaches the deepest part of who we are, like the bread of life, Lord, that with which we nourish ourselves and are fed, Lord, because you have said man shall not eat bread alone, but every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Allow us to feed on that, Lord, and let that be what sustains us in the day of adversity, Lord. Let it be the what allows us to overcome the devil as we continue to say what is written, Lord, as the devil is bringing so many other circumstances, excuses, and confusion in our life. We will stand upon your word because heaven and earth will pass away, but your word abides forever. We pray that you would prosper your word and bless it and let it bring forth a harvest of fruitful righteousness to glorify your name. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Um, I, I, I continue to say that um, to the very degree that we are faithful in the little, God will put us in the much. Okay? That's, that's God's order. So if you allow yourselves to be taught the little things of God, God will bring you into the greater things. And so we start out with this basic premise. If you're in first grade, second grade, and you learn how to add and subtract... You could go to fourth and fifth grade and they'll teach you how to multiply and divide. You could go to seventh grade and you learn how to start doing algebra and you'll go a little bit deeper and you'll be going to geometry and trigonometry. You'll grow up to do calculus. You'll grow up to do physics and then you'll do quantum physics and then you're going into the moon and you're counting the universe. But if you never allow yourself to do that little things, you'll never be able to walk in the land of giants like the Lord has called us to. And so we start with the basic premise today, and, and this is what I didn't understand. Um, I did understand a little bit of the opposite. When I first started as a Christian, I was convinced, ready for this, that I was a son of wickedness. I, I knew myself. Uh, uh, in the Spanish term, hijo del diablo, you know, they say son of Satan. You know that you do so many wicked things, you could only attribute, you could only say this guy looks just like his father the devil. He's a liar, he's a thief, he's, he's disobedient, he's rebellious. So I, I didn't have a problem with that and I understood what my character was the day Jesus came looking for me. 
And I, I characterize, characterize myself as a son of the wicked one, of the rebellious one. Um, and then all of a sudden, I read John chapter 1, verse 12. And there, I was stricken by this reality. It says like this. It says, to those who believe, God has given them the power, the right, the entitlement, say with me, to become. Are they sons yet? No, they have the right and authority to become children of God. To those who believe in his name, that's the first step. We want to stop being sons of the devil. We don't want to end up in hell. We don't want the inheritance of our father, the devil, when we are following him and obeying him and doing his will. That's what, that's what a son is. A son is one who walks in the character of his father. That's what a son is. You can call yourself the son of Donald Trump. You could call yourself the son of George Bush. But until you walk in the character of your father, you're not their sons yet. So when I saw this, it was interesting to me that only those that receive have the power. As many as received him, to them he gave the right to become, future tense, children of God, to those who believe in his name. Now, I don't think that automatically by believing in Christ and by, by saying you're a Christian, that makes you a son of God. Because if that were the case, then what we find in John chapter 8, which was all the leaders of the people of Israel, they were sitting there saying, we are sons of Abraham. We are sons of God. We have the promises upon our life. And in verse 44, Jesus speaks these powerful words, not to a worldly group, but to a religious group. And the words he speaks to them in John 8, 44, he says, You are of your father, the devil, and the desires of your father is those that you desire to do. He was a murderer. He hated people from the beginning and does not stand in truth because there's no truth in him. When he speaks a lie, he speaks from his own inventory of words, for he is a liar and a father of all those who lie. So you can call yourself a son of God all you want, that at the end, the Lord is going to put that measuring stick to see who you look more like. If you're selfish, it's more likely you're the, you're, you have another father because our father in heaven has not one iota of selfishness in him. He doesn't think of himself. He thinks upon others. He lives for others. He gives to others. And so this is, is the dilemma we're in. There's a lot of Christians that go around calling themselves sons of God. And they're no more sons of God than a person called to do calculus that cannot add and subtract will ever be able to call himself a son of God. Because a son of God has the character and walks in an element, he walks in, in the expression, if you will, of what a son of God looks like what a son of God talks like, what a son of God thinks like, then you can be worthy to consider yourself a son of God. Meanwhile, you're being transformed into that very image. And we see that he is Jesus Christ. He is the pattern for us. He is the pattern for us to be able to hope one day to be the sons of God. It's not sufficient just to say, I believe in God, uh, therefore I'm a son of God. No, listen to me. The Bible says in James, the demons believe in God. 
and they're not sons of God. So your belief does not make you a son of God. Understand this. And so it's not confusing. I'm just saying that while you have the potential in believing in Christ to walk this out and walking this out, can you please tell me, say the word obedience? Because the sons of God, they have a character attribute and it's called obedience. Those that do not obey are not sons of God. If you have a problem with obedience, you have a problem with your calling. You you can't get there. And so we see verses like this. We see like this, uh, Galatians 3.26. And it says, you are all sons of God through faith in Christ Jesus. And and when we hear this, it's it's pretty much soothing. It's, you know, it's good to be considered, I'm... I'm God's child. God cares for me. God looks after me. I have the inheritance of God. God's going to teach me. I'm his son. And you'll see a lot of people grab onto this. Uh, I haven't seen many people say, um, I'm a uh, mathematician just because you know how to add and subtract. You add and subtract is a potential in the direction to becoming a mathematician. But being a son of God, just because you believe in him, does not make you a son of God. Um, the character uh, component and ingredients in the life of a son of God is his capacity to obey. And so if, if Paul is saying you are all sons of God, he's saying all of those of you that walk in obedience and are following this path of faith in Christ Jesus, these are the true sons of God. And we'll see verses like this all over the Bible. In Romans, we see uh, chapter 8, verse 14. This is the clarification and the qualification. Say with me, as many that allow themselves to be led by the Spirit of God. These are the sons of God. If you're led by another spirit, my friend, you are no closer in the family of God than Satan himself. You need to allow yourself to be led by the Spirit of God. And the more you hear that voice of the Spirit, the more you follow that voice of the Spirit, the more that it is confirmed that you are a son of God. In verse 16, it goes on to say like this, For the Spirit bears witness to us. It's the Spirit that confirms to us with our spirit that we are children of God. There's no way that you being disobedient and uh, resisting the Spirit of God can consider yourself a uh, son of God. And this is Matthew 5, 9. Matthew 5, 9 says, Blessed are those that are always seeking peace, for they will be called sons of God. Are you a troublemaker? Oops. Are you always cultivating strife? Do you stir up contention? Are there always arguments wherever you are? Is there always, a, you know, a, a real negative spirit? You're no son of God. A son of God is, uh, has the ability to be a peacemaker, not a peacekeeper. Well, it was them that started. I don't care who started. It's who finished it and then the character of the sons of God. And we, we love this because wherever we go, we are able to deposit the peace of God. That's a son of God. And it doesn't matter the greatest strife. People come in here all the time. They want to get divorced. They want to get separated. They yell at each other. They, they curse each other out. But by the time they've been in the presence of a son of God, there is peace in that marriage. There is peace in that relationship. Because that's the fruit of God's spirit. It's peace. And that, that is a blessing. So you can't stir up peace where you come from. 
You're, you're no child of God. You're, you, you haven't come to that place yet. And I pray that you do. I pray that you grow up. In 1 John 3, 1, it says like this. It says um, that God knowing, 1 John 3, 1, God knowing that his love was upon us, and in that love, we should become, be called children of God. And this is why we have problems with the world, because they're not walking in the love of God. And so that being recipients of God's love, His favor, His help, uh, those are the sons of God. In John, um, 1 John 3.10, it says like this, In this, the children of God are shown. This is powerful, guys. God is, is, is really showing us. In this, the children of God and the difference between the children of Satan are seen, manifest, expressed. Whoever does not practice what is right is not of God. Because a child of God walks in the character of his father. And he's choosing what is right. He's growing in was it right. He's becoming righteous. People don't know what righteousness is. It starts out with the word right. And then you like what's right and you do more and you do it more and more and more. And the more you do it, the more that's confirming whose child you are. Whoever does not practice righteousness is not of God, nor is he who does not love his brother. So if you don't care about other people, you have issues that automatically puts you outside the family of God. And so in all this scenario, I don't want to spend too much time understanding that, that there is a great dilemma in our day where many people are walking, calling themselves sons, but they're nowhere near being a son because before you're a son, can you say with me, you have to first become a servant. You guys had a problem with that. Okay. Before you become a son, you need to learn how to serve because the, the, being a son is one who's already prepared and, and mature and is adult in serving. Can you call yourself a son of God and you serve no one? That's about the place where you can say, no way, pastor, that's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. Don't call yourself a son of God if you do not serve people, if you don't serve others. If, if you can't be called, you're, 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 uh, we can call you a wannabe. You want to be a son. You're not a son until you serve. And, and we don't like, why, why is it not natural for us to serve? Because we were far from God. We were disconnected such a long time that when somebody tells you to serve, what do you say? You might not say no, but you're like, I'm not going there. I want to be served. What, 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 what am I going to get out of this? And some people were telling me this this week. Um, if I get something out of it, are you going to pay me? You're not a son of God. You don't, you don't serve for money. You serve because you have a character of a son. You're a servant. And so many of us don't understand, and I'll, I'll, we'll read this in Hebrews 3, verse 1. We have two examples there. Hebrews 3, 1. Let's, let's just cut to the chase because we don't have much time. Ten more minutes. I'm going to go real quick now. Uh, verse 5 says, Now Moses was faithful in all of God's house as a, say it with me, servant. Okay? Moses was faithful in the house as a servant for, those, for a testimony of those which things would be spoken afterwards. But look what it says in verse 6. But Christ, as a son over his house. There's a big difference between being a servant and being a son. 
A servant has, is the beginning of the character of sonship, but notwithstanding, then Jesus comes and shows us a better way. And so you'll see there in Galatians 4, where Paul is trying to explain this very thing to the Galatians. And he says, I say that the heir, as long as he's a child, does not differ from the slave, though he is a master of all. Okay, so he's saying a child, is a child necessarily a son? No, a child is just young. He's, he's that, those that, that have the, that believe in him have the power to become the sons of God. So a child is a, a son in potential. Just because you're born in a family doesn't mean you're the son of that family. If you, you know, uh, sad enough that a lot of people will continue to walk contrary to their father in disobedience, in character, and rebellion, and continue to call themselves the son of their father. But here it says that in verse 6, we're reading Galatians 4, 6, and because you are sons, God has sent forth the spirit of his son into your hearts. And the spirit of son is wanting to cry out to his dad. Therefore, you are no longer servants, but a son. You stop being, in verse, I believe it's uh, verse 7, you stop being a servant, and now you're a son. And if you're a son, then you begin to receive the promises of God. Now, there's nothing greater in this illustration than uh, Luke chapter 15, where the prodigal son grabs all his belongings from his father and moves to a faraway land and disconnects with his father. And when he has lost all things, when he is dead in his sin and trespasses, he says, I need to go back to the beginning. I need to start all over. And he comes back and he tells his father, he says, and we're reading Luke chapter 15, verse 19, I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me as one of your servants. Let me start all over again. Make me like one of your hired servants. Teach me the art of being a son. Do you understand what he's saying? I want to have the raw material prepared so that I can grow up to be faithful as your son. I'm not worthy. I don't walk like a son. I don't, I don't, I don't have the priorities of my father. I don't want like... Like the Lord wants me to walk. I don't do what he wants me to do. How am I calling myself his son? So we go back to the father and we say, Lord, can we start from, from day one today? Can we start with this understanding that unless I allow myself to become your son by, by learning how to serve, there's no chance of me ever being a son. Now, for those of you that don't know, the word obedience and this is this is what a son does a son obeys and the word obedience starts out with the four letters of the word o b e d and it's a hebrew word that means one who serves that's what it is and and that that's the heart of being a son it's not one who challenges it's not one who defies it's not, it's not one who walks in his own understanding. It's, it's one who serves. You know, uh, one of the real popular and well-known preachers, and he's put a lot of years into this walking and knowing God. He says, you can, you can tell someone who has the character of a servant when you ask him to do something. 
when you speak to him as a servant, however he responds shows his capacity of being a servant. Treat someone like a servant, and how does he respond? If he has no issues, he's a servant. If he has all types of issues and all types of but, ands, and if, that's, that's not proper. And so um, I want to ask you today, where are you, number one, in your pursuit to show yourself forward, forth to manifest the character of a son? Where are you in relationship to obedience? Where are you in relations to doing work? To be able to, to be instructed in the areas of the kingdom. And so, first and foremost, you see Matthew 20, 27. He says, whoever will aspire to greatness must first become a servant. You, you can't be a son. That's greatness. Whoever desires to be a first must first become a servant. Um, I don't know if recently you've been able to walk in that humility. If you've been able to walk in that character. If you've been able to walk in the instruction. And so, in that regards, whoever wants to be first, let him be the servant of all. And who's the comparison? Verse 28. Like the Son of Man. We want to be like Jesus. And how are we going to be like Jesus? First, developing a character of service. A lot of people think in relationship with the church and the work in the church that this is some, some relationship with some carnal earthly aspiration. Listen to me. The church is your opportunity to develop in the character of a servant because there's so much to serve in the house of God. There's so much to grow. And you'll see people that they come here for the first time doing nothing for anyone. And the true sons of God begin to make themselves available to serve. They make themselves available to to be able to be led and taught and grow up in serving. And this is something that is not going to be limited. This is something that that is going to be perfected. I don't know if you keep your eyes on the pastor and on the ministerial team. You know, they are constantly doing one thing, serving. And there's no limitations. Well, well, I'm just an electrical engineer, and I just stick with the electronics. No, man, a son of God, you'll see him peeling gum off the floor. You'll see him sweeping in the cafeteria. You'll see him serving the tables. You'll see him uh, participating as an usher and and working in the bookstore and, and, and being able to serve. Now, You know, yesterday there was a wedding. I'm just going to say this just for the benefit that we're all growing in the Lord. It wasn't my daughter getting married yesterday. But I was here. And I was was serving. Yeah, pastor, but I wasn't invited to the wedding. So what, my friend? Either was the maintenance man. But you could have come and you could have moved a chair and you could have painted a... I was sitting there buying some plaster and some sheetrock and some nails and, and covering up a hole. Why? Because I'm a servant first. I'm a servant first. And I'm serving not my family. And I'm not serving my interest. I'm a son of God. And my life will testify that forget about doctor, author, conference speaker. I want to know and hear these words. Well done, thou good and faithful servant. Those are the words that God says. He doesn't say, come in, my spoiled brat son. Come in, my little prodigy. 
No. Well done, good and faithful servant at the heart of the character of the sons of God is their capacity to serve, not themselves, not themselves, but others. And in this, they will be manifest. Whoever does righteousness is a son of God. And, and so God is teaching us that. And he wants us to do that because we don't want to get to heaven and, and find out that we are not counted amongst like that old song, oh, when the saints come marching on, I'll be amongst that number. I'll be in that people that are marching in. When the saints come marching in. Why? Because I have, not only am I called the son of God, man, I serve. And I serve faithfully. I serve faithfully. I'm not going to be a fly by night. And so we see in Matthew 20, 28, he says, just like me, I did not come to be served, but to serve. I came to, to show forth that I'm a son of God by my capacity to serve others. And you know what? You're not a servant if somebody has to tell you. Make yourself available. We had, we had a Derek Prince a ministry come into the church early on many years ago. He says one thing will qualify you as a child of God. 99% of doing this is making yourself available. Here I am. Here I am. What do you want me to do? What, 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 how can I participate in who I am and what you're doing in this cause? And those of us that walk in this scenario, then um, we're going to read real quick. 2 Corinthians 4, and it's, it's, my time is up. Uh, 2 Corinthians 4, 5, it says, We do not preach ourselves. We're not boasting about who we are. We preach Christ, and we are only his servants. We are only those that serve the Lord. And so I, I would uh, ask Kenny to come on up here, and he has a song that's very powerful, and it's becoming like Jesus Christ. In Philippians 2, 5, it says, Let this mind be also in you that was in Christ. He was... He was called to be great in the form of God, but didn't consider it anything to brag about. In verse 7, it says, he made himself of no reputation. He didn't come in saying, well, I'm a corporate executive, so I need a corporate executive job. My friend, you're not a son of God. You're walking in pride, and you'll never be a son of God. You sound more like Satan. You're raising up above. If Christ came and went all the way down to become a servant, who are you, my friend? The king of glory. The king of kings says he made himself in, you know, it was funny because I was, I was being introduced to, to people coming in for the wedding. I'm sitting there up on a ladder and, and I'm pouring plaster and it's falling on my head. And, and somebody says, see that guy, he's, he's our pastor here. That's what I want. I want them to see all of us serving our God in every capacity. Why? We are the sons of God. We're called to change the world. And we'll never become even a son of God if we don't begin to develop the character of being a servant. And a servant doesn't have his own opinion. He's, he's walking as, as one who is just serving. It says Christ taking the form of a servant. And for this reason, and he was obedient. What does a, it says taking the form of a servant. In verse 8 it says he became obedient. That's what you learn in servanthood. You're being obedient. You're being obedient as a servant. And then the Lord says, obedient unto death until you're not calling out for anything. And then verse 9, it says, for this reason, God lifted him up high. For this reason, he was able to go to the high places. Because now, as you're a servant and you're walking in faithfulness, now you become a, one that, that has a high place in the kingdom of God. A name above every name. And then he says in verse 12, therefore, my beloved... Since you know these things, 
Since you know these things, obey. Not only because someone's looking at you. Much more when they're not looking at you. Work out your life as a son of God. And, and once we see that people are wa- uh, walking, you know, serving themselves or being selfish or, or just doing what's beneficial to them, I'll give you an exit ticket out of this place. We don't need people like that here. I'll let you go and, and serve yourself, but, you know, far from this place. This is an opportunity to serve God's people. Let's go ahead and hear this song. Could you stand with me? And let's just direct our hearts to heaven because we want to hear these words. This is my son in whom I am well pleased. This is my son whom I will say, well done, thou faithful servant. Uh, revisit this issue. You're not serving Joaquin Molina. You're not serving Spring of Life. You have an opportunity to walk in obedience. And obedience means you shut your mouth and you open your ears real hot, wide and you show forth that you're here to serve and not to be served. You're here to, to change the world and God wants to give you all that instruction to be able to do that. Let's go ahead and listen to these words. <laughs> 